You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. We are sponsored by the Crypto Business Conference happening October 9th to the 11th in beautiful San Diego, California. Definitely hope to see you out there in San Diego. And that is for you know founders. It is for collectors. It is for creators. It is for business. You know uh, those in the business space. And you know the beauty of you know you know part of this for me with creating this podcast, I, I got a message from a friend yesterday. Well, first of all, if you're getting messages from me selling you cryptocurrency via Instagram, um, there's somebody that's spending a heck of a lot of time, too much time in my opinion. I, I'll take it as flattery um, that or flattering, not flattery, maybe both. I'm not sure. Um, but the uh, there's someone impersonating me on Instagram. Now they've created three. This is the third account in a month. Um, this one, I think they're trying to get you to some kind of Ponzi scheme of cryptocurrency buying something. Um, but I can promise you, uh, you're not going to get links via DMs for me and you're not going to get uh, crypto uh, currency pitches via uh, DMs for me uh, on Instagram. And if you if you get one of those, just make sure to report that account and we'll get that that person taken care of. But I got a message and they the person messaged me and they said, the the message was kind of just like, hey, Brian, like, we, you know, we're loving that you're doing the NFT 365 podcast um, and it's about time you niched down. Now, for those that don't know, like kind of my background, I used to be what I called the president of team no niche or niche. I don't like to argue about fanatics or, you know, fanatics of, of words, um, but niche or niche. Um, I was always pride myself on the fact that I am multi hyphenated. Right. And and it's funny because some people look at the NFT 365 podcast, you know, as niching down. For me, the beauty of it is. We talk about Web3, but we also talk to artists, developers, founders. We talk to a wide range of people. We also focus the content around different roles within NFT projects, right? You might be an investor and you don't ever want to create your own NFT project. Well, the podcast speaks to you. You might be someone that you know wants to be a creator but never thought of yourself as a creator. Maybe you're starting to play around and you have an idea for an NFT project. And then maybe you're coming into it and saying, you know what, I'm a creator and this Web3 space is, is, is made for me. And then hopefully you're taking my advice and you're becoming a collector first. And then you're dipping your toes in as a, uh, a creator of a project. But the, to me, that kind of like it, it, it symbols like how diverse this like space is. And it's, it's why for me, as a proud multi-hyphenate, I, I, this is like it is like my playground. Like, you know, so, you know, there's been a tweet going around for a while. It's like. You know, Web3 was built by those of us that have ADHD for those of us that have ADHD because, you know, it's a little bit chaotic, a little bit all over the place. Every day is different um, and you can do a little bit of everything in this space. But with all that being said, you know, the, the part of the, the thing about uh, being multi-hyphenate is that it doesn't mean that you want chaos and try to do everything for everyone. 
what it really just means is that you're you're you know hyper focusing down to like niching down to like one target demographic on one topic that usually silos like your creativity and silos your vision and and your energy and i know that that it, that's what it was for me but in a in a kind of a bigger picture conversation is that the 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 key to this is regulating your focus now for those that don't know like you know adhd is often labeled as you know, like, hey, squirrel, or people can't focus. Like, I don't have a problem focusing, like zero problem focusing. Well, I mean, not zero, but I have pretty much no problem focusing. I have a problem regulating my focus, right? So like, if I all of a sudden, you know, find a new documentary series, I'm going to watch, binge watch the hell of it and forget that the world is around me, right? Like, that, that's part of the, the ADHD side. Well, in this space, if you are a founder, or you want to be a, 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 an NFT founder, what can really happen is kind of twofold. One, one is that you can jump into this space and you're like, oh my goodness. I, I mean, this is, this is my playground. I have Twitter. I have Discord. All I need is a website and a dApp. Uh, I need some art put on a blockchain and I can sell and make millions of dollars, which we all know um, I'm not advocating and don't believe that's the case. But that is sometimes like that opinion. The other like approach for a lot of founders is like, oh my goodness, this is like the perfect environment because I, I am an artist. I, I've done marketing in my life. I, I have business savvy. Um, I can, you know, learn GitHub and, and do some development. And so there's a, there's, there's this like yearning pool with, if you are, you know, an NFT founder or a wannabe founder to try to do everything to reach everyone on every channel to do it all. And I will tell you as someone, as a, you know, I keep saying recovering people pleaser. I just say as a as a self identified people pleaser that needs to to change that a little bit. Um, that not only can we not reach everyone, please everyone, and and go after everyone, but when we are in the early adopting phase of any early adoption tech cycle, one of the things you'll notice is before we get up towards that mass adoption in the in the cycle, one of the things you'll notice is that the key component is that you are understanding which messages are to those that are already early adopters and which messages are to those that are coming in as early adopters. And I feel this is a, this is a massive um, kind of barrier for a lot of founders, a lot of, you know, a lot of us in this space, because not only do, does this space, um, you know, kind of pull us in lots of directions, but sometimes we have a tendency to be like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to pick one. I'm going to go all in on Twitter. I'm going to put all my marketing on Twitter. I'm only going to do Twitter threads, uh, screw blog posts. I don't need videos. Uh, I'm going to do Twitter spaces every single day. Well, here's, here's the hard truth. Um, not everyone loves Twitter. And actually, I could say it the other way. There's only a few of us that absolutely love Twitter. There's only even a smaller few probably of people that are getting all of their information from Twitter, right? And, and you know, I don't, I, I always tell people like my number one Twitter advice for anyone, you know, wanting to get more value out of Twitter is follow more people. Like every single person, like if you're listening to this right now, you're not following enough people. I, I know that for a fact because Twitter's algorithm and the way Twitter works with real time news is that it is built to have more following that you, more people you follow. And then that algorithm adapts and adjusts based on what is the real-time trends? Who in your audience is currently online? And so the, the reason I bring that up is that if you, for a lot of us, when we get excited, I mean, the amount of people that message our team 
And I'm like, Brian, I got the best idea for an NFT project. Let me tell you, like literally that is, <laughs> that is the message that we get uh, multiple times a day. And I, I love it because to me, that means people are thinking about creative possibilities and, and using and leveraging the blockchain. While at the same time, for me, there's like, it's a difference between having a great idea and having an idea that is execute, you have the execution set up and the people to run it and you have a plan to kind of bring it to life. And then the, even the bigger problem, or I think the bigger uh, conundrum that we could run into is that for, for many of founders, we have limited time, we have limited resources, and let's also, let's be very honest, we have limited experience in where Web3 value lies. I don't care who you are. I don't, you know, you can go interview some of the people that have quote unquote, the most successful NFT project. The funny thing about that is if someone has been all in on one NFT project to make it successful, I don't look at them for much advice. You know why? The only thing they know is their own project. They can't compare it to other projects. They can't tell me what others are doing. Most founders at that level aren't even collectors at that point because they've just been so inundated on being a founder. And so the reason I say that is because there's a tendency for us to first get overwhelmed trying to be everywhere for everyone. And then our answer to that is, well, screw that. I'm just picking one channel and I'm only going to do Discord. I'm going to be all in on Discord and I'm, I'm going to make Discord everything. Well, here's the, here's the problem. The field of dreams marketing has been broken for many years. And I've said that on the podcast, right? And for those that are too young for a field of dreams, like our, our, my good friend uh, Izzy, who uh, jumped into the, the Twitter spaces the other day, he was 12 years old, uh, Field of Dreams, Kevin Costner movie. And it's pretty simple. The, the phrase was, if you build it, they will come. The truth is, if you build a Discord, nobody is coming, nobody cares. And for the most part, I get a little bit of like the, like, oh gosh, I have to join another Discord is kind of my impression. Not to mention right now um, in this current market, Discord usage is way down because a lot of people that are, are spending time in the Discord are just, let's face it, are just, most for the most part, a lot of them are just upset, sad, lonely, um, fudding. They're just, just kind of the way it works. And so the problem with like, if, is that idea of getting overwhelmed and then getting hyper-focused is if, you aren't satisfying both of these needs. And, and the two needs that you really need to think about is like, where am I bringing my audience to where, like, where's my hub? Where's my home base to where I'm, I'm serving those that are on our whitelist, that are our Genesis holders? And then you also have to focus on how am I marketing to those that don't know us, never heard of us, but if they discover our story or understand our purpose or our passion would be interested in coming to our home base. Now, the hardest part of this is you can't just expect them to come to you and your home base. So you have to go to where they are at and then you have to be strategic because, I mean, we all know that the, the shilling is a little bit over the top in this space. And for those that don't know what, you know, the shilling concept is that, you know, pretty much you can just go into Twitter space and you'll learn shilling in a pretty a matter of time where someone just comes up and says, hey, I have a question. But before I get my question, let me tell you a little about my project, my project. And they like literally, you know, they're shilling their project. They're just promoting it, self-promoting that the reason that became such a thing is because people really struggle to say like, I have something great and I just need everyone to be aware of it. But there's something to be said about if you are just broadcasting everything out to the world, 
You are a founder that is creating a billboard. Let me say that again. If you were only shilling and broadcasting one direction, your story, your message, your value proposition, you are creating a billboard. Now, I don't know about anyone that's listening to the podcast, but has anyone been driving down the road and looked at a billboard and got an emotional connection with that message? Has anyone been driving down the road and saw a billboard and he was like, you know what? That website that I can't read fast enough because I'm driving too fast to write it down is something I should go visit later on. It's, it's where, like, for me, like, it's the idea of, like, the save for later button in Facebook. Like, every time I hit save for later, I don't even know where that thing goes. I hit something save for later twice a week, and I just never go back and read it. And the reason I say that is that we oftentimes are, are marketing as a billboard but we are asking for results that are relationship-based and that are emotional connections. You can't be shilling and putting everything in everyone's face and expect people to you know, feel for you, have empathy for your story, understand what you're doing. Now, the flip of this is if you are only telling your story, only marketing out there, but you haven't had the other things in place and you, you lose that opportunity, because this is one that really frustrates me in this NFT space right now, is that if someone I hear telling a great story, they start talking about their project, I'm like, damn, this is exciting. And I go to their Twitter account and there's no link in the bio. And I'm like, well, how do I check out the website or the pre-mint or the Discord? And then I hit follow on the Twitter and I'm just going to tell you, more than likely, I will never see their tweets again <laughs> because they're probably not tweeting at like a frequency for me to see that. So there's kind of a couple of things that we have to think about here in, as founders. We can't focus on storytelling and relationship building without having the back of house ready to capture that attention and take advantage of that attention that you have. You have to be ready to activate on that. It might be an email newsletter sign up. It might be just into your discord, but at least you're capturing them in. But we also can't just shill market and, and billboard and expect community style results. Now, the other piece of this is, let's face it, we can't be everywhere for everyone. We can't all have a podcast. We can't do a YouTube video. We can't do all of these different things. So the other part of this that we have to like, kind of really think about is what phase of your project is where what, side, like, what type of audience is prepared for which phase of your, of your community? My example to this is, if you don't have a website yet and all you have is your Discord, your messaging, your marketing, and your time should be spent towards Web3 native people because Web3 native people are going to see a Discord link and be like, oh yeah, it's an NFT project. I'll go, I'll sign up for that Discord and check out what's with, where they're going. If you are spending your resources marketing towards that Web2 audience or maybe not that DGen audience and you don't have a website yet, well, for a lot of people, that just comes across as you're either lazy or it's just you're in the idea phase or you're not prepared yet, right? And so and it also goes the other way, right? I've seen people that are really dialing in, focused on accessing the DGENs, yet the only thing that they have is for them to sign up for an email newsletter. And I don't know about you, but I'm raising my hand as a DGEN. Um, I have not once said, I wish I had more email. Not once ever have I said, man, I, I wish someone would sign me up for an email newsletter. But if I knew that that was going to be communication to me, okay, maybe that's the case. So as founders, think about it in the sense of if, if I'm spending my time where, and, and I inspire somebody to come back to me, 
what is that front door? What is, where am I sending them? And then depending on what you have prepared will then determine where you should be spending your time. Now, I will also say that there is like kind of some hacks here in the NFT space that I don't think people are using well enough. And even here with the podcast, I don't think we use it well enough. And I, you know, I know my team is listening to this. We need to be better at this. The beauty of the NFT space is that, and I've said this in a couple other uh, episodes, if you want to launch your own NFT project, you should be a collector and hyper-involved in lots of other NFT projects that overlap with your purpose and passion for the project that you want to create. Because there is really nothing better than being like, hey, all of my friends in Psychedelics Anonymous or hey, crypto chicks that I've been active every single day for months, I'm launching my own project and it's also aligned A, B, and C. So one of the other things that you can think of as a founder is that you know it might feel like it's just networking or it might feel like you're just being a collector. But I think there's a lot of power in being very active in communities where you feel there is an overlap because here's, here's part of that magic is that if you do your job, if you are a great NFT owner in another community, you never have to shill your own project in there. When you all of a sudden tweet about it, all of the people that support you and follow you are going to be like, Hey, Hey, Hey friends with, you know, hashtag OX apes. Did you see that, you know, that, uh, you know, such and such is launching their own project. Let's check it out. Let's go get, you know, let's go um, see what they're about. The other part of this is that we also should start reverse engineering our time from the utility that we are initially offering with our NFT project. So what I mean by that is if your project is in the slow burn phase, which I know a lot of people that are listening to the podcast, their projects are in the slow burn phase. And and my first piece of advice is keep going. My second part of advice is I've said this over and over again. I believe slow burn projects will become the blue chips and the ones that will be around forever because they're building community in a scalable, sustainable way versus these flash communities that are really hard to kind of, to, you know, be able to ride the ups and downs in the space. But if you're in that, like in that mint, uh, slow burn phase, right? You've minted out part of your collection. The mint is still live. One of the things that you want to do is you want to reverse engineer from your current utility. So when you, when you think about it, say, okay, if someone you know, landed on my website or someone landed on our Twitter account, what is the piece of utility that, 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 would, get, that would capture their attention or that is currently being activated that could excite them enough to want to learn a little bit more? What I've found is a lot of founders are like, hey, we are a gaming NFT platform and we have this amazing game coming out. And people are like, oh, okay, they go to go check it out. And then they realize the games, you know, on the roadmap is nine months from now. And the utility between now and nine months is a weekly poker game on Discord. Well, here's the truth. What I feel like that when I go there is like, well, why would I buy it now? Why would I not wait nine months from now when that utility that I came there for, the game, was available? So you really want to kind of start from that, okay, the current utility available is this. Who, who are the audience that we know would, would like that? And then go to where they are at. So one of the ones that I would suggest is get onto podcasts. So like, let's say you are a, um, a health or a fitness uh, style uh, NFT project, right? I would look at large fitness podcasts 
reach out to the founder and say, hey, I would love to educate your audience on some of the cool fitness NFTs that are in this space and the power that NFTs can have. And I, I can talk about this other project called Step In that's on um, Solana and, and really just tell them like, hey, I will help educate your audience on this new fascinating technology. Most podcast hosts in, in places that are not Web3 right now are for sure looking for people to educate on, on NFTs and Web3. Well, now you're reaching that audience. So now the thing you have to remember is that audience is not your DGEN, not your crypto or your Web3. So now your messaging has to be very dialed in. Like I would recommend you save the word NFT for a little bit further down the road, right? Like I would jump onto that podcast and say, hey, what we are doing is we are pulling together like-minded people that are high performers, that, ha- that, that love sports and are, and are athletes, and we're, and we're bringing them together in a place that allows us to really collaborate, connect, you'll, get, you'll, defi- you'll find people that are similar uh, to you. We get to not only do that, but we get to bring in some athletes and some additional um, you know, uh, perks for those that are, are part of this community. The other thing is that we are building this together. We have some, you know, additional artwork that's in the works. We have some in real life giveaways where, you know, some people are getting, you know, a signed autographed baseball bat. Other people are being sent to a in real life sporting event. Well, all of a sudden that interest from the audience is like, oh, okay, well, I might be interested in that. Like, that sounds interesting. And then you're like, and, and don't worry, just, you know, if uh, to, to get involved in this, you're going to have to buy an NFT, but I'm going to give you the steps. On our website, we actually help you set up your MetaMask wallet. We walk you through everything. The difference in messaging it from that perspective versus, you know, hey, fitness audience, I want to get you involved in NFTs, and I'm going to teach you about uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin, and I'm going to explain to you why we are not on Solana and we are on Ethereum network. Do you know how many fitness people give a crap about what you say from there on? Zero. And that is a, that is a founder's dilemma. And I, and I will say, like, for me, the reason I'm so passionate about this topic is this is what I did for a living. Like, this is what, when I get paid to go on stages, a lot of times I would coach executives and sales leaders. And I, what my job was, was helping them create a relatable message through digital communication. Right. So pressing the damn button on live stream to you know, putting your message out there. The last thing I'm going to say is, well, press the damn button. If you are a founder, the, the number one thing, your number one job as a founder, you have one real job. It is to build trust. That's your really your only job. Your job is to build trust. The number one way to build trust online. I will, t- I will argue with anyone all day on this is you need to let people look in your digital eyeballs, which means you need to press the damn button and get on video. Now, I know video is scary, and I'm just going to remind everybody, the very first videos you do are all going to suck. If you need reminders of that, just search Wine Library TV, Gary Vaynerchuk, 2010. And you watch some of those videos, and you're like, oh my God, this is the same Gary Vaynerchuk that did Friends." And then you're reminded that we all suck when we start off on video. It is a very rough conversation on video. Like you look like you're like, your eyes are like bleeding through the, the, the camera. It takes you three hours to get ready to press the damn button. You're like, my, my hair is not ready. The lighting is not ready. Um, you're like, yeah, someone else can do the video. I don't need to be the one on video. Here's the truth. Do you want someone else telling your story? Do you want someone else sharing your value proposition? Do you want someone else conveying 
the, the, the trust and building the trust with your audience? No, it should be you as that founder. And I know there are people that are listening right now and they're like, wait a second, I didn't sign up for that. Well, if you didn't sign up for that, you need somebody on your team that is comfortable with the video, that is comfortable, that, that is comfortable being uncomfortable being on video. And I, I would argue if you're uncomfortable on video, the likelihood of me trusting you is probably higher because I know you're stepping outside of yourself. If you just go hire a marketing agency and they prep you with a teleprompter and you're just reading it like in like a, in a studio, you're not building trust with me. You're just getting your message out. I probably watched, you know, the first 30 seconds of the video and I, I move it to another tab and I move on. So like that idea of like the imperfection within video creation as a founder is a big one. The other thing about video is guess what? It works on every single medium. If you, if you take a video, you can repost it on LinkedIn. You can put it on Twitter. For those that don't know, you can upload a video two minutes and 20 seconds. If you forget, you get 220 characters on Twitter and you get two minutes and 20 seconds for a video. You can upload it on Instagram. Guess what? You can upload it on Discord. Here's another one. You can upload it on your actual website. You can also upload it on Facebook. You can upload it. You can, you can put it on Pinterest. You can, you can upload a link to it on Reddit. Like literally video allows you to scale your message. And so if you're struggling to, you know, get your message out or to, to maximize your time, the first thing I would I recommend doing is doing videos, doing lots of videos, getting, you know, getting that message down, putting those videos out on different channels. The next piece of it is what I've shared at the beginning of this, right? Reverse engineering some of your utility and then also understanding where in your project are you right now? And for most people, the time to start kind of putting your message out of your project is today, like literally right now. Even if your project is in the ideation stage, I would start socializing it, start making it part of your vernacular, start you know, talking about, hey, this is what I'm building. Because the more you can associate, the more you can socialize that, the more people get comfortable because nobody likes being blindsided by like, like what did he just say? He's been working for six months on this, like I've been in 10 Twitter spaces with him. He's never once mentioned that, right? Or I've got this one where someone, someone followed me from a project Twitter account two months ago. I didn't know that. They are someone that I've shared this stage with many, many times. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, Fanzo, my project drops tomorrow. You're following us on Twitter. I was like, cool. I'm following 74,000 people on Twitter. Not really sure that you stood out on the fact that you, that you are, you know, uh, you're follow, I'm following you. Oh, not to mention all those Twitter spaces. We had the chance, you had the chance of, of kind of dropping in and message and, and sharing that message of what you have going on. The last thing I'll, I'll leave you with for this episode on just this idea of founders and time is that just remember that the timeline and your ability to deliver is really up to you. I, we, we live a little bit in this FOMO, like over, overdo it stage. Like I, I hate perfection. But I also hate the idea of feeling like everything has to be done at reckless abandon or not done at all. Like th having this like all or nothing with everything we do is not a good space right now for, for most of us. And, and I say that as someone that struggles with that myself, right? Like whenever I say I'm going to do something, <laughs> podcast, and I was like, screw it, let's do a podcast that started on November 11th, five days from now. And now I'm 238 days in to this commitment of doing this podcast, right? I'm one that is willing to kind of jump at those opportunities. But here's the beauty of it is if you are communicating and if you are building trust, 
When you make changes or you ask your audience to bear with you or forgive you, guess what they do? They're like, don't worry, I got you. You've been with us. We're going to ride or die. But if you're not communicating, you're not building trust, and you just say, hey, we're going to drop this on this date, and all of a sudden you have to move the date, what do we think? Oh, there we go. I don't trust them. They, they must be worried. They must not know what they're doing. I'm not even going to worry about buying that project. So just remember, the more you're putting yourself out there, the more trust you're building, the more you know, open lines of communication that you're having, the more forgiveness you're going to have, the more ability to adapt, the more ability to change. You could change your artwork. You could change your website. As long as you are you know, being active, communicating, and bringing people along on that journey. Because here's the, here's the magic sauce. It's about telling your story by shining the, but by, by really, you need to be the person that tells your story, but shines the light on everyone else. So it's your job to tell the story. It's your job to let people in to what you're about, but shine the light on them. Your messaging should talk about what is this doing for that that owner of your NFT. If you own this NFT, you are going to get this and your life will be this, or you will benefit from this, or you will start to see this. That's the messaging you have. If you can focus on giving people access to you as a founder and then shining the light on them, you'll be amazed how you'll feel less needed to jump around on everything or to be everywhere for everyone, and you'll feel a lot more at home. And the last part of that is you kind of also have to just get you know, comfortable being uncomfortable because as soon as you give people access, they want more access. And then as soon as that happens, it starts to get uncomfortable where you're like, how do I manage this? The beauty of it is, is that that is something that you can kind of regulate as you go. So hopefully you, you know, press the damn button, put yourself out there. If you are a founder feeling overwhelmed or feeling a little bit lost, the good news is you're not alone. The bad news is to, to get over that, you're really going to have to, you know, kind of probably step outside your comfort zone. You're also going to have to really start to break down where you are in your project and what are the things that you can really move the needle. As you, as you know, our podcast, we are sponsored by the Crypto Business Conference happening in San Diego, October 9th to the 11th. It is put on by our friends at Social Media Examiner. They happen to also be the, the founders of the Social Media Marketing World, which is the largest social media conference in the world that they've put on for the last many years. And I've had the luxury of speaking there the last seven years. It is the largest and, and by far the you know, best social media conference that is out there. And the beauty of it is they're taking what they know in that space and they're helping to launch this you know, crypto business conference, which I'm uh, beyond excited to you know, partner with here for us on the podcast and, and really include um, in that journey. So hopefully you'll check them out at socialmediaexaminer.com slash NFT365. Of course, support our sponsors. They help make uh, a lot of this happen. And you know, before I leave you, I will also just you know, say this for all the founders. And if you are not a founder and you listen this far in the episode, First of all, you're going to be a founder soon because you made it this far. The second thing is, let's support each other. As founders, we need to be advocates and supporters of other founders. If another founder is going through something difficult, be there, be their champion, let them know that they're not alone. If you are an NFT holder and your founder is not delivering maybe at the, the scale that you would like, give them a little bit of grace. Be a little bit nicer, like show a little bit of care and say, hey, I understand that you promised that you were going to deliver these things. And I understand that, you know, life can throw us some curveballs. You know, we, I'm going to give you some more chances. We, we could really use 
a lot more grace in this space, you know, from, from NFT owners to founders, from founders to founders and, you know, for everyone else in between. So uh, hopefully you, you will take that, uh, you know, a little bit of action. And I, I look forward to, you know, a space that is a little bit more empathetic because I, I think that we can all agree that the, uh, the world needs more empathy and uh, why not make that start with, uh, you know, those of us here in Web3. So until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.